Welcome to Disrupt Equities Apartment Investing Podcast. This podcast will offer weekly episodes equipping passive and active investors alike with the tools, knowledge, and confidence to build wealth through one of the most powerful wealth creation vehicles out there, apartments. Let's get into today's episode. Live on Money Mondays, right? Money Mondays, Welcome Disrupt Monday. TV, Houston, Texas, Ferris, Ben, your hosts here. All right. Know. What are we talking about today, Ben? What are we talking about? We're talking about due diligence from what A to Z. What is due diligence? So due wait, diligence. before we do that, so every Monday, 3.30 Central, we do Money Mondays, right? Basically, the idea is really going through different topics within real mm-hmm. estate, within marketing, within anything that's kind of relevant to business, entrepreneurship, and real yep. estate, right? And really kind of giving our experience, our, our knowledge on what we know about it, right? And more importantly, do a live Q&A. Yep. So the Q&A, we're happy to talk about anything people want to talk about. Feel free to leave the questions in the comments. We will give those a read here live and go through those, and they don't have to be about the topic. But mm-hmm. this week, we're talking about due diligence. Due so diligence. what is due diligence, Ben? Maybe let's go to that. Well, you can have a couple different parts of due diligence, right? You can have the financial due diligence, right? Where you're kind of going through the numbers. And then you can have the property due diligence, right? You're actually walking the property and you're, you're checking for deficiencies, right? But, you know, really for our discussion today, everybody, it's going to be the, the whole full gamut of the process, right? And let's assume that you already got a deal under contract, right? This is going to be that due diligence period that we always talk about. It's usually going to be anywhere from, I've seen it as short as 10 days, to as long as 30 days is usually the due diligence period. And that is the time that the seller is allowing you as a buyer to go in and pretty much kick the tires, right? Now, depending on the market that you're in, if it's competitive market, say DFW, you might have non-refundable hard money. So even if you get in and you kick the tires, you decide, hey, this deal is not for me. I cannot make any money because something fundamentally has changed. You're not gonna get that money back. But in some other markets, right, you know, you go through the due diligence process, you get up to, you know, the last day and you just say, hey, it's just not going to work out. I'm going to go ahead and cancel the contract and then they'll give you your earnest money back. Now, yeah. with, But really, what, but due diligence fundamentally is what? You're validating what yes. you're buying is what you think you're buying. Yeah, you're, you're, you're kicking the tires, you're the, popping the hood, you're checking all the skeletons in the closet, right? You're making sure that your, you know, your pro forma, your underwriting of the deal is correct, right? And you're buttoning a lot of these things up during the process, right? You're, you're buttoning up your, um, your rehab plan and your budget, right? You're making sure that, you know, all of your numbers work from a financing perspective. You're making sure that your insurance works from that perspective, right? This is giving you time to really kind of button up the whole entire thing. And, and as, a, as a buyer too, it kind of gives you time to also get your the rest of your house in order, right? Yes. If you actually think you're gonna move forward in the deal. So it yeah. serves multiple points, but yeah. really due diligence, you know, let's maybe run through our slide deck and kind of talk through that. And yeah, so, yeah, yeah. so for those of you just tuning in, I know a lot of people are starting to hop on, right? Monday, Mondays, we do it live every Monday, 3.30 p.m. We go through a lot of different topics. This week, we're talking about due diligence yep. and multifamily. Some of our experiences of what we've seen, what we've done, right? You know, how Ben lost his hair, we'll go through all that because due diligence can be a little hectic, right? I mean, it's <laughs> depending on the deal. It, it and, definitely, you know, he, always, he, always throw, he always throws me off with those, with those hair jokes. Uh, no, I know. Uh, it's going five weeks in a row. No, no, I'm uh, just got to keep it up every time. And, you no, know, it's but, all good. And more importantly, right at the end of this, we'll do live Q&A. So if you have questions, yep. go ahead and ask them. It doesn't have to be about due diligence. We'll talk about pretty much anything real estate, entrepreneur related. So feel yep. free to ask questions. And before we kick it off, right, let's keep going. All right. So let's see. So David says, hey, hey, Iggy. David, hey. You know, so a long time to see you, man. Mm. I saw you, what, two, three days ago? We had we had a happy hour on, on Multifamily Masters nice. this past Friday. Nice, so nice. I love technology. With my friends and, you know, 
David was on there too, so I got to hang out with him. Good deal, good Noor deal. says Money Mondays, Thank of course, you, right? All We're right. the best at that. Jeff Greenberg says hi. Hey, hey Jeff, how's it going? Hey, Jeff, thanks for uh, thanks Sam for Sam says, buddy. what's up, Ben and Ferris? Sam, Sam I owe you me. an email about the deal. I'm so sorry, it's been crazy, but I will it's get you that fault. by tomorrow, Sam, so I have not forgotten. Sorry. Always his uh, fault. That's on me, my bad. <laughs> but we will, we will, I will get back to you, Sam, so I'm glad you messaged us. But We're doing our due diligence, right, yeah. is what you should have said. No. Yeah, not on Sam, but on the deal. We know yeah. Sam's a good guy. So. Nah, but so okay. Well, we're talking about. Let's just get to the the crux of it. You can have a ten to thirty day process where you're doing due diligence on everything. I really consider due the on site due diligence is usually a two to three day process. Right. Here are some of the major things that you need to understand. What's going to happen here? You're going to have your general contractor and your different your various trades come out and bid out the different work that you're gonna do on the rehab side, right? From the interiors, what's your interior upgrade plan gonna be and how much is that gonna cost you? To things like the roof, how much is the roof gonna cost? Uh, you know, you're gonna scope your plumbing lines. You're gonna see how much is it gonna be to update that office or add that playground, right? Yeah. You know, that's a big part of it. And as sponsors, right, that's where you're going to probably have the biggest bang for your buck as well uh, while being on site. Right, yeah. you and know, maybe, maybe. So, who, who's the team that you have out there? Yeah, maybe so let's was, start with that. Right? Yeah, so the team is usually the buyer group, right? You know, and then you're going to have your general contractor. Then you're going to have your property management company, right? And your third-party property management company is going to be out there, and they're going to do the unit walks. They're going to do the lease audits, right? And sometimes they'll give you a property condition, uh, you know, report too, just their general condition of the property, along with doing a market survey, right? And we'll get into the different components here in a minute. Yeah, absolutely. And, you know, like Ben said, right, have all these lined up beforehand, right? Absolutely. Typically, one tip that we, we recommend and you should absolutely do is don't sign your final PSA with the seller. PSA is what, Dan? Purchase and sale agreement. Right, so don't sign that, that, la that document that literally, you know, puts it all in writing. And then start to go try to queue up your your, mm -hmm. your due diligence. No, we're typically we sign it next day. We're on site with yeah. all the teams, right? You got to so be buttoned up. Get ahead of that. Work with all those people, your GCs, your PMs, and everything, right? Whatever mm -hmm. you're doing. And so I think that's critical. And then yeah, that kicks off of you know that kicks off your your due diligence, yeah. right? And typically, maybe let's talk about how that day goes before we dig into the details, right? Mm -hmm. Typically, the teams are taking care of 99% of it. We're there when we follow along different aspects, right? Mm -hmm. For example, we want to better understand the, the tenant base. We'll go do some yep. of the unit walks, right? We want to better understand the area. Maybe we're spending more time on the market surveys. Yep. We want to go understand the staff. Maybe we're spending more time in the clubhouse, right? So as sponsors, right, you need to trust your team does the right things and you're out there verifying, validating that they're doing it, right? But you're also focusing on the things that apply the most towards you, yeah. right? So I think that's and another. And we'll do, so, you know, I mean, we kind of divide and conquer, right? You know, I think as a sponsor, going back to my earlier statement, right, a lot of what you're doing is you're, you're painting the picture, right? You know, what am I going to do with the rehab? What is going to increase the value of this property in the best possible way, right? So you're going to work with your contractors to obviously do that. That's a big part of what you're going to do during those one to three days, right? You know, lease audits, let me just get you a little bit of a, a breakdown of what this is, right? You're literally, your property management company is going through each and every lease, making sure that the rents, you know, um, you know, coincide with what's on the rent roll, that there's a lead-based paint addendum, that Security there's secure deposits. deposits. Match. All this, all this matches with the information that you use to underwrite the Did deal. Did they screen right? the tenants or not? Right? Did they? So yeah. Was really there was there overrides of say criminal credit? You know, if you find out that 100% of your tenants were overridden, and you find out that most of them couldn't couldn't have actually gotten to the property in the first place, that could be a big problem. Yeah. Because what are you going to try to do? You're going to try to come in. You're going to try to increase the value and do some work and increase the rents. 
they're not going to be able to pay that, right? So you're going to have a lot of turnover. So that's that's one of the reasons why you do a lease audit, but you're not going to be doing that. Your property management company is going to be doing that, right? Then the other part of this is the unit walks, right? You're going unit by unit and you have to see 100%. Sometimes that's why you have to come back a second or a third day because you might have to drill locks or you might have to, you know, reinform, you know, tenants that, hey, I'm going into your interior unit to let them know right? And you're going, you know, unit by unit and looking and making sure that all the major mechanical systems that are within the, the, um, the unit itself look good, right? It could be good, bad, or ugly, right? You know, I mean, the flooring is good, good shape. The, you know, dishwasher is bad, right? The, you know, the refrigerator is new. They will give you a whole assessment of this and a report that pretty much breaks down, you know, the condition of each and every unit. And that's that's another thing that's going to tell you what might be happening. If you see a lot of plumbing, you know, like where there's water, you know, leaking from the ceiling or there's a lot of patched holes, maybe you've got a lot of plumbing issues, right? So that's another reason why you do that. And also ultimately to kind of get a feel for what the tenant base is really going to be too, right? If you see, if you walk into a, you know, every single unit and there's three or four mattresses on the, you know, on the living room floor, you know. You then know, you, know, you know what kind of tenants you have, right? And you know, and that's actually a good point too though, right? There's three people on the lease, but there's clearly 10 people living yes. there. All right, well, that's a problem, right? Yeah, it's a big problem, right? Especially if you're doing an all bills paid property or or you're having to rub back, you know, some utilities, right? That's going to skew up. That's going to that's gonna skew yeah. your metrics a little bit. Yeah, so. so let's pause really quickly. So for those tuning in, Monday Mondays yeah. do it every Monday, 3.30. Typically we go for about 30 minutes, right? Mm-hmm. Up until 4, thir- 4 o'clock central. Um, going through a bunch of different topics. This week we're talking about due diligence, yep. right? And at the end of this, we'll go through a live Q&A. So if you have questions, go ahead and drop them. We'll go ahead and talk through them and answer any questions you guys want to know. And on that point, uh, uh, Elaine says, hi, hello, Elaine. And Jeff says, more importantly, Ben, you need to give Ferris some grief on that scraggy beard. <laughs> All right. I'll fix the scraggy beard. I did, I did, I'll, I did I'll trim some of this today. and give it to Ben. And I, put did, up I, I did shave today. He looks like I think he's, he's talking about my scraggy beard. I know, I know, uh, I know, I know. But, you know, I tried to trim mine up a little yeah, bit. I, you know. All right. I'll make sure. I, I got to bring, a, you know, a beard set here to the office. Jeff's just coming to my beard. rescue, yeah. you know. Yeah. It's all good. So... All right, so important steps. So I'm kind of going, I'm jumping around a little bit, right? But as I'm trying to show folks as a buyer, as a sponsor, these are the things that you should probably be focusing on, right? Whether it be the rehab, whether it be, and we usually walk, I'd say 20, 25% of the units, right? You know, just for us to get personally That's a feel for That's me and Ben. The staff yeah. walks 100%. Absolutely, right? Yeah. You know, and then the other thing that I like to focus on a lot whenever we're taking over properties, the market survey, I want to understand the market, right? I want to understand the comps, you know, what are they doing that we might not be doing? You know, if the guy down, if all the guys down the street are getting $300 more, what are they doing on their upgrades? Yeah, like Why I'm, are they getting three hundred dollars more? I and ultimately, folks, it's it's a it's a really dumb business. All I'm going to do is I'm going to copy what this guy's doing, yeah. right? And I'm just going to execute. Unless you want to be a trailblazer, and we, we don't like to be the trailblazer. No, on that. we like to find more sounds, proven ways risky. to push rents. It sounds risky, right? So ultimately, you just say, okay, these three guys are already doing it, and they're getting three hundred dollars rent pops, and they're adding stainless steel and you know granite countertops, right? If I can work that into my rehab budget, I know that I can make three hundred dollars delta on my rents, right? So that's huge. That's why you do the market survey, and then also just get an understanding of what the market looks like, right? Is is there a bunch of rough retail or? You know, um, you know, maybe there's you know a Whole Foods down the road or something yeah. like that, right? And you you just kind of get a better feel for the market, right? And you should you would have done a lot of this on due diligence up front, but it's always nice to drive around, yeah. right? 
Absolutely. And so let's talk about kind of the documents, right? Yep. So up front, right, we mentioned we get all the leases, you get all of the, you know, the vendor agreements, mm-hmm. right? Because again, you as a buyer, right, you're going to step into all the agreements that they have because those agreements are with mm-hmm. the properties typically, right? And so whether it's laundry and you have a 10-year lease left on the laundry and you're not going to get the pocket any of that upfront money or whatever that looks like, yep. right? Your, 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 your team is doing all that. But Really, let's talk about, but what I care more about is what is the output? So us as buyers, right, typically you're getting a due diligence report. Mm -hmm. And that has the breakdown of how many, a lot of times, and again, different vendors will do it differently. But a lot of times they go into every unit and they'll rate things with kind of a, you know, a good, very good, bad, you know, Mm -hmm. kind of one out of a four scale. And you Mm -hmm. can quickly get a feel like we bought one property, right, where we found out, we didn't know this beforehand, but during due diligence, we realized 90% of the water heaters and ACs were replaced within the past three years. Guess what? That's good information. That's really good. We were happy to know that, right? It makes it a lot easier for that. And so you're getting a report where they basically highlight all the deficiencies. Oh, the ceiling was caving in here. Yeah. We found some foundation problems here, right? And really kind of making sure that there's no big surprises, right? And as a buyer, you have to always assume that there's going to be some things that are discovered yeah. during your diligence, right? The question is always just about is it more then you can kind of handle, right? Yeah, in terms I mean, and of sometimes, you, sometimes you might be pleasantly surprised. Most of the time you're not, right? You know, it's usually going to be the worst side of it, right? You're you looking know. for the skeletons in the cell. Yeah, you closet. definitely are. And, and in a lot of ways, you'll find out that, you know, there's more vacancy that maybe than you than was on the rent roll or that the, the property's condition is in a lot rougher shape than you, than you thought it was going to be. Because remember, folks, like, we're making offers throughout the Southeast and throughout Texas, right? We're not going to be able to see every single property before we get out there, right? Speaking of offers, if you're a broker and if you have a good deal, we'd happy to take a look. We're looking for deal flow. (laughs) We're always looking to buy deals. If you're you're another buyer and you need help, we're happy to kind of get involved as well. Yeah, yeah, we're trying to spin that up, right? So, you know, we're trying to kind of, you know... We're absolutely looking to continue to buy deals. Yeah, we're trying to, you know, harness our due diligence skills here. So how can we do it without having a deal? So, you know, that's some, some important documents that you need to kind of, you know, be realistic of is, once again, the report that your property management company is going to be giving you. Also, the, the quote that you're getting from your different contractors and your general contractor, that's going to really play a big role in what your final rehab plan is going to be, right? The market survey is a huge thing, right? You know, and that's the market survey like we talked about before is you're going from property to property, you're determining what rents they're doing, what kind of concessions they're doing, you know, in general, just information about your competition. That's huge, right? You're going to use all of this to fine tune your final underwriting and you're going to submit that to the lender or you might use that as some kind of a negotiating tool with with the seller, right? Maybe there's some major deficiencies and you use that as ammo. Say, hey, look, you told me that all the ACs were new and I found out that 50% of them are on their last leg. You lied to me, right? And that 50% is going to cost me 500 grand. You know, I need, a, I need some relief here, right? Yeah. You know, so that's, you know, we talked about what are some red flags that you would kind of see. And I would say, you know, we talked about some of them already, right? Mattresses, too many, multiple I mean, mattresses in the, like, in the living know, room. If the, if the leases aren't matching what you got on the rent roll, there's yeah. a bigger problem, right? That's huge. You know, if you don't even have leases for some people what they have on the rent roll, because then that's a problem too, right? If you need to evict or do other stuff, you have to show that you have a lease with those people. If it could actually be that, illegal. Yeah, know? I mean, you know, there's some problems there. Foundation problems, if it just, those, those can get expensive Plumbing. depending on what it is. Yeah, I would also say, yeah, plumbing, guys. Look at your plumbing. Yeah. That's kind of the un- that's the hidden expense on all these freaking properties. Well, and scope your that, lines, you know, right? You don't have to scope 100%, right? Uh, we always do probably 40 or 50% of the property because it can start kind of becoming cost prohibitive to do, right? And ultimately, you know, it, it's not going to 100%, you know, you're not going to see every nook and cranny of the plumbing lines, 
but it gives you a good idea of the condition overall of what the plumbing is. Because that's something, regardless if you did a property tour or not, you're not going to know the condition of the plumbing and they're not going to allow you to do that during a property tour anyway. Same thing with foundation. Unless you're just a foundation expert and you're sitting around going and looking at the foundation the whole time during the property tour, you're not going to know that either. Now, most things like the roof and stuff, you're going to have had a good idea, a sense of what that is. You know, but maybe, you know, maybe there's a part of the property that you didn't see, right? Because the broker didn't lead you down that path. You know, that could be a big red flag too. Think of the things that are going to blow up the deal. The things are going to be really, really expensive or could come back and bite you in the, in the, in the, in the future, right? With the tenants. And you bring up a good point too, right? You're looking for stuff that the lender might find because you're doing your due diligence those first few days. Well, the lender is going to be out there 20, 15, 30, 60 days later, depending obviously on your your timeline. Mm -hmm. But you got to make sure that the property is going to show well for the lender, right? And if you have some issues there that you need to get the seller to address beforehand, you got to get ahead of that. Because again, the last thing you want is for the lender to get out there and not get comfortable with the deal, right? So I think that's kind of the... That's a side thing that you are absolutely needing to look at, right? Because you're putting it, and even that too, right? In your investor's eyes too, right? If an investor comes out there, is the property, you know, is it an attractive property? Is it going to meet the business plan? It's not that all properties are attractive, but the returns need to match the attractiveness, need to match the business plan, right? Do all the things line up is maybe the better way. And and, and, and it's it's a difference between it being tired and not updated and being dilapidated and falling apart, right? Like you have to make that determination. You and your team and your general contractor need to say, hey, can I make this work within the budget that I have or is it just fundamentally flawed, right? And in that case, do I either renegotiate or I walk away? That is baseline what due diligence is all about, right? Absolutely. You know, so let's go. So we had some open Q&A. We had a couple couple questions coming in. Some people sent in some questions beforehand. For those of you tuning in, right, Monday, Mondays, we do it every Monday, 3.30 p.m. Central, right? And typically, we're going through different topics. This week is due diligence. But again, we typically go through any questions you guys want to ask on the Q&A side. To us, that's the most valuable part of most things. And so if you have questions, feel free to ask them. I know some people came in, so let's just kind of read through really quickly. Uh, We want it to be interactive, everybody. Absolutely. That's the most important thing. Someone's going to ask me how you lost your hair. (laughs) One person. Which deal it was. And I was just talking to a broker earlier today about that deal. And our favorite (laughs) lender came up in that conversation. Uh, I got to update you on that one. We won't won't say anything. Let's see. So Savian says, third-party reports that are due, lender, survey, engineering report, appraisals, et cetera. That's actually a good point. So that is an important part of due diligence. But know as a buyer... Right, it's hard to get those from you're the not lender gonna, beforehand. You're right? absolutely not going to get that. Even though you have to pay for them, right? The yeah. lenders typically hold on to it. They're making sure the appraisal all matches. What? Typically, they're just they're making sure that it's not going to blow up the deal for them. But it's odd that we, as a buyer, you don't really get to see that until later. And yeah, one you got to ask for it too. That's what I was going to say. After you buy a deal, absolutely every deal we buy, we go back to the lender yeah. and ask them, "Hey, can we get a copy of you the appraisal? You have to ask. They're not going to give PSA. it to you. It's that's that's mm-hmm. a kind of a just. This, in my mind, dysfunctional yeah, part of this business. I'd never understood that. But um. No, but but to the point, those are absolutely great documents to have, but uh, you're not going to get that during your, your your first 10 to 21 days, right? Yeah. You know, it's just the lender is looking for, and ultimately they work on their own timeline, and usually you don't want to get your lender involved and order those appraisal reports and those third-party engineering reports until you know you're going to close, right? So I always say, I always tell people like, hey, we're outside for, we're on site for two or three days. Me and Ferris, when we leave that property, that, that final day, we know if we're going to close it. Yeah, we're like right? 95% sure. Yeah, there's no, we know if we're buying it or if there's any. It's 
not, yeah, it's that we know that there was no surprises that's yes. gonna block it. You know, there's not so gonna be far. anything that's gonna be like, oh man, we gotta we gotta back out of this thing, right? You know, and so ultimately that should be your your test at the end of that process is do I feel comfortable closing this? Yeah. Right? You know, uh, equity aside, debt aside, just does my does my deal and my underwriting and my numbers yeah. still work? Am I gonna right? be able to perform? Period. Yes. Yes. All right, let's see. So Jeff says, on the sales side, have you ever heard of a buyer ask for a pro rata share of any contract, signing bonuses, laundry, cable, et cetera? I have not, but as of... No, they're, they're absolutely... I mean, yeah, you do, absolutely right? can and do, yeah. but we've never done it, no, I don't think, no. right? I mean, but... but you should. Is, it doesn't hurt. I, I, my advice, and Ben knows that I like to negotiate probably too much, but I'm a believer in a lot of times it doesn't... You lose nothing for trying, yes. right? And, you know, and there's a fine line there, right? You don't want to piss off anybody. But in the very first round, I just here's the things that I'd like and just pretend like they're normal mm-hmm. and see if you get any pushback. Then you guys can start to go back and forth. And so things like that, if there's a deal where they took a $100,000 sign-on bonus for doing a five-year contract and you're only a year into it, I might say, hey, like I expect some of that $80,000. Yeah, some kind of pro rata share of that. And absolutely, that would probably, that was the example I was going to give, right? Is that they had done it probably a year or two prior and it's maybe even, not even a five-year, maybe it's even a 10-year contract, right? And so you're stuck as a buyer with the other eight or nine years of that. You should therefore get some benefit of that. I think that that's a fair point. I agree. You You like how I did that? Great, man. You like how I stole your your example? Yeah, you're good. I stole it beforehand. I can read his mind, guys. You're good. All right. So, all right. keep, so how long does it take? Well, actually, let's keep going through these, and then we can go through the okay. screen. Right. Through that. Gotcha. All right. So Savion says, agree the lender is your biggest partner. Absolutely. You yeah. guys have to see that. Don't think of the lender as a competitor. No. They are absolutely your biggest par- partner, and they can absolutely make your life terrible if you're not They're giving you 80% them with of the money to buy the damn <laughs> yeah. thing, right? You so know, they got to cover their, you 70%. know, it's, it's, they're running a business too. So mm-hmm. they got to make sure it's safe and secure for them. So realize that. Come to terms with that and then act on that. Well, the one thing that I want to point out too, right? So sometimes sometimes appraisal, sometimes property condition assessment, sometimes engineering reports come back better than expected, right? Now, if those come back better than expected and, and making sure that the numbers jive with this as well, sometimes that's going to affect your load proceeds in a good way. Yeah. It might affect your, your spread in a good way. It might affect the, the amount of interest-only years that you get. So, you know, ultimately, it's not always a bad thing. You don't always have to feel like you got to... It's you against them, or you got to hide stuff from them because and, and with these good properties, sometimes that can be to your benefit too. Absolutely. You no, know? no. All right. So next question, um, Sam asks, how do you estimate exterior painting? How many quotes do you usually get for each trade? Right. I think that's that's kind of a Sam. A vague, you asked a vague, that question yeah, before, buddy. It's a vague question. Yeah. You can see he wants us to answer it twice. See if we answer at the same time. Hold on. Look what I told you uh, two weeks ago. No, but I think ultimately it depends on the deal. Some deals have a lot more bricks. Some deals are all siding, yes. yep. right? But roughly, my my feedback to you, Sam, is for a two hundred unit property, right? It's going to cost you anywhere between one hundred and twenty to two hundred thousand dollars to yeah. paint, right? That said, if that eighty, fifty, forty thousand, thirty thousand dollar discrepancy blows up the deal, the deal is probably too tight, yeah, right. And so typically, you know, we have kind of a, a trusted vendor that will take the due diligence. They'll give us their terms, and we know that they might, you know, be high or low compared to someone else. But again, you're trying to ballpark things. Then, before we go do the work, then we'll get three other bids. We'll kind of dot the i's, cross the t's, yeah. right? And so, due diligence is not about getting the exact amount, but about getting the right ballpark. We always, re- and making we always sure there's no it. big surprise because yeah. you know we always buffer and send in really ten percent, roughly, of just random buffer that we yeah. just tap a bucket that we want to tap into. And on bigger deals, we might even have more buffer. So it's important to make mm-hmm. sure you have the reserves, not even the lender required reserves, but like literally, what do we call it? Our slush fund? I mean, I forget well, what we call it with the lender. It's, it's we contingencies. Contingency. Yeah, yeah, yeah. We actually call it. yeah. 
Um, you know, because yeah, you absolutely have to because things change, folks, right? Like you can go through and do your due diligence, right? Then you buy the property. That doesn't necessarily mean that things won't change in that two to six month process afterwards, right? You might realize, hey, I got to spend more money on the roofs than say plumbing and you've got way too much money in your plumbing budget. So you might have to go back to your lender and kind of reallocate, but that's why you have to have that buffer in there because that gives you the wiggle room to do that, right? But I wanted to mention something on paint too, right? Most of the vendors that we use, we use two two great GCs. You know, they usually give you three, um, you know, paints to, you know, one's going to be kind of the, the full exterior. One might be the balconies, paint that black or the railing, excuse yeah. me. And then you might have another uh, an another accent. another color that's an accent, right? Maybe it's the door, right? So when we talk about the numbers that we just talked about, right, you're getting three different colors. So something to kind of think in, uh, you know, because they've already thought through yeah. that, and right? And if you're off on the budget, I mean, you know, go buy some paint, roll up your sleeves, and, you know. On we'll some of the smaller deals, you certainly can, right? You know, um, you know, but you sometimes you kind of give what you pay for, too. So just, you know, realize that paint, not all paint's created equal, you yeah. know. So. All right, so let's see. So next question, Savion says, if you are a sponsor who doesn't have earnest money deposit, money for due diligence is there anyway, maybe raise money for uh, early on and maybe a reimburse due diligence cost to investors no. with the acquisition fee, not counting earnest money, obviously. So a couple things. If you're looking for earnest money, right, that's where partners come in, yeah. right? If you don't have the earnest money, but it's a good deal, find partners that like the deal, right? Yeah. Partners will put up that earnest money, right? Now, in terms of that, that, that is reimbursable, right? Your kind of closing costs are reimbursable. Those come in later. So again, up front, you need to have the money for the yeah. earnest money. You need to have all of the, the funding for kind of due diligence up front before you close, at close you get that back. And so, so my it, feedback is and you find actually, partners. And you, you you brought up a good point here. Let's actually, let's, let's pause right there because some of this stuff you'll be charged for, some of it you won't be, right? Now we have good relationships. Obviously we have our own property management company, but even when we use third party, they would always do it for us for free. Right, but if you just say, "Hey, I'm, I'm no guarantees that I'm going to use the third party," they'll probably charge you anywhere from twenty to fifty dollars a unit to kind of do the inspections, right? And same thing with a general contractor, right? If you need them to do more than just a kind of general exterior scope, and they have to kind of get in and start walking units, it's probably going to be around the same amount, right? And then on top of that, if you want to scope plumbing lines, right? Assume it's going to be you know, maybe even a thousand, fifteen hundred bucks per billion per, yeah. per building to do it. It's not cheap, right? So just you you need to make sure that you have that money set aside because you know if they ultimately don't do it to you for free in the hopes that they get the business, then you're gonna have to pay them for that, right? And then yeah. ultimately, if you walk away, you're still on the hook to pay Absolutely. it. Absolutely. So one to right. one to mention we that. We still got a lot more questions, so let's keep hustling so we can All kind right. of you know. So I know we're gonna short on time. So if you guys have questions, go ahead and drop them because we'll happy to kind of go through them. So we're gonna go a little bit of a fire right. lightning right. round. All right. Let's see. So, Savian asks, um, I'm curious to know how you compare loan options during due diligence since different loan requires different reserves, prepayment penalties, etc. That's a good question, right? During due diligence, you're still evaluating the loan options, mm-hmm. right? You typically don't finalize that until after you know you're buying yeah. the deal. And so, during that time, you're looking at, am I going to qualify for Fannie Freddie? Maybe yep. you know you're, you're on the fence. And so, making that decision, you're looking at leverage options. You're looking at different lenders and what they've done. And so, that's kind of a parallel path to yep. due diligence, I'd say. Anything else to add to that? No, no, no. You're absolutely right. And you don't want to lock that in until you've done your on-site due diligence. Because once again, folks, that's when you know if you're going to move forward yeah. with the deal or not, right? Because you got there's other fees involved in, in locking in debt too, yeah. right? The bank, the bank, the lender is not going to do it for free. There's an application fee. It could be anywhere from ten to 30000 That includes those yeah. third-party reports too. if you're too. buying a two-pack or a three-pack, it's 2x, 3x that. Ask us how we know. Up. Yeah, it starts adding up. Right? <laughs> All right. 
So let's keep going then. Sam, yeah, I was about to ask what percent buffer. Yeah, I'd say it just depends on the deal, man. If it's a nice interior play, that's consistent. If you're doing across the board, full dilapidated rehab buffer in 30%, like, I mean, I'm not even kidding, right? A lot of times it doesn't make or break the returns, but it does make life a lot easier on the operator um, side. So yep. um, that's maybe that feedback. I'd say anywhere from 5 to 30%, well, yeah, depending con- on yeah, how Yeah, contingency how, what is what it is, right? So if there's something unknown that you just never could have foreseen, that is what that bucket of money is for. So yeah. it's important to have that, especially on heavy rehab. Yeah, and then lights. you can always use that contingency to rent improving things if you end up not needing it, huh. right? It's only about just kind of, or give it back to investors even, right? You so. Know. Um, let's see. So, uh, Tian, I told Sam earlier, I owe you guys an email. I will have that to you by tomorrow. See, I this promise. guy's a slacker. Well, no, same person, same email. So ah, I'll do that. Uh, okay. So let's see. Uh, <laughs> what are some of the things that could come up during due diligence that would cause you to walk away from the deal? We went through some of those earlier, yeah. right? But it's all, ultimately, is the deal I'm buying not quite the deal that I'm getting? Yeah. Right? Or I think I'm buying not quite the deal I'm getting. Things like, you know, did I, was the previous owner institutional and I expected they were taking care of it and clearly they were poor boy and all the stuff was falling apart once you yep. got in there, yep. right? Is there excessive roof damage, excessive foundation Plumbing. damage, right? Plumbing. You know, did someone crash into the car and the, uh, into the building and the seller's not going to give you a credit, right? That's, You're never, the, that's never happened to yeah, us before. I know. <laughs> you know. No, I mean, ultimately, folks, it's a gut check, right? You have to, you, you come in with a bucket of money, say you've already underwritten the deal and you had a million dollars for your rehab. Right. If you ultimately get in there and you say, I can't, I can't execute my business plan that I pro, pro forma without saying two million, you got to go back and say, hey, do the loan proceeds support this? And is it still a deal? And if it's not, then you know you've got a problem, right? You yeah. know, it's ultimately numbers don't lie. That's one. That's a big one. And the other one too is just the quality of the tenant base. Is it yes. not what I'm expecting? You got in there and realized that they didn't run any background checks on anybody. They were overriding things, and everyone moved in the past. Because the other thing too, we didn't really talk about. You're looking to see, you know, and you can tell this from the rent roll. But how recently did everyone move yep. in? Did everyone, you know, was it a heads in bed situation or yep. not? And, and knowing, that happens a lot. Yeah, and knowing that if it is or isn't, you're going to have different challenges. So kind mm. of realizing all that is important. Yep. All right, let's keep going. Amir says, what's up? Amir, we got to catch up again. Hey, buddy. Definitely, we're going to do a deal with Amir sometime in the next 12 months. That's my Sounds like of. he's got a deal going too, right? Amir, yeah. Well, I don't know. I got to see the update. He was mm. kind of far enough along. So okay. got to catch up and see how that's going. Yeah, man. Um, Saving says, great question. Right, about to ask the same. All right, he's got another question. How fast are you hiring a securities attorney on your team before due diligence or after? Can he speak to you some already have- things you suggest have a section for in the operating agreement located in the PPM? So, all right. So, first, first questions first, right? When do you when do you engage the lawyer, right? You're going to need one to, to help you with your PSA anyway, yeah, you have, right? You have a contract attorney doing that. Yeah, part. yeah a I lot mean, of times, you know, for us, it's the same person that does both. Yep, Dugan for Kelly. The security you know. side. Um, well, I guess the security pieces. I guess I that's, that's happening a, right after due diligence. Yeah, right? that's you when know, you decide. The once day again, you walk you're walking. Yeah, you're yeah. walking off, and you're saying, "I'm closing this." Then I would engage that SEC attorney to go ahead and draft the PPM, the operating agreement, all that good stuff, right? You know, which is which is obviously different than the PSA. You know, sometimes it's the same lawyer, but yeah. it's different documents, right? What was the, There was a second part um, of that question. Something to suggest to have a section for the operating agreement. I mean, it honestly depends on your equity and what you're proposing to them, whether it's splits, waterfalls, um, you know, voting rights, not, you know, what, what things they can and can't do. Yeah. That's very different for people. My advice to you is go read a lot of other people's PPMs and see what they have structured, right? Yep. On yep. the PSA, there's a lot of stuff that we do look for, like including a non-rent-ready credit, right, yep. that we get if they, you know, if a, if a seller stops taking care of the property for the next 60 days that we are getting a credit for each unit. And right before closing, we go walk every single, you know, non And it could be a substantial a amount of money. <laughs> yeah. we, we found, we, 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 I think we, we met with Mark Kitty. He had the biggest,
previous record four hundred something thousand dollars. Attorney was telling us about a case, yeah, where they got like a four hundred thousand dollar credit just because yeah. of that sentence in there. So yeah, there's definitely that. a lot on the PSA side. Um, but in terms of the, the operating agreement, that's very specific to kind of your scenario, yep. your structure, and your deals. Um, all right, so let's go through the two questions on the screen. So if anyone has any questions, ask them. Otherwise, we're going to wrap up here in a minute. We're already going over. So how long does it take to close after you perform due diligence? Just Typically, depends, right? Yeah, you know, you're probably 45, to, nine, yeah, 45 45 to, to 60 90. days. Yeah, 90. You depends. have extensions, things like yeah. that. Um, but, you know, it happens fast. There's a lot going on in those 45 days. Yep. So definitely, unless it goes back to what I said, don't sign your PSA until you're ready to execute due diligence and rock and roll because yeah. all these things are happening in tandem. Yep. Um, have you ever backed out of a deal after performing due diligence? From due diligence, there's never no. been a deal that we we we, we always have buy. a big enough bucket of money in our rehab budget that's that okay we can we can absorb that yeah, that we, thing that we didn't realize that we needed to absorb right yeah i'm trying to you think know. we've had cases like where the lender has made things really difficult but that's after yeah. closing and so no. i don't think there's ever been a case where we did do deal because again you're also walking and that wasn't based on due diligence either right yeah you know, just that's what i'm trying to say you're, you're walking lenders. the property you're talking to your property manager you're talking to people that know that deal in the area typically you know a lot about what's going on yep. you're just making sure there's no real skeletons yep and so thankfully today we have not hit an issue yep. where Due diligence is a reason. What we found in due diligence is a reason to back out the property. But we've heard that there's plenty of horror stories yeah, out there, absolutely. right? So, so, you know, shootings while you're doing due diligence and other stuff. <laughs> so, you know, right. it happens. It happens. All right, let's see. Sabian says, great stuff, guys. I'm a realtor here in Houston. working property man as well. Glad you tuned in. No, thanks for hopping on, man. So hopefully huh. everyone got value from it. We can go ahead and probably call it a wrap unless anyone cool. has any last-second questions. Right, for those tuning in, we do Money Mondays every Monday, 3.30 Central. Right, we go through different topics. This mm -hmm. week we're going through due diligence, talking through that. Next week we're going through... Takeover, takeover take checklist. Yeah, we're doing takeover. That's right. Takeover yeah, checklist. Yeah. So I mean, we, this is the this is the stuff that we do that we go through whenever we've already and, we just bought the deal. And we do have a due diligence checklist you can check yeah. out disruptequity.com/dd-checklist to go grab that. Yep. Right. We kind of put together just kind of a recap of all the things. So if you want the due diligence checklist, it's www.disruptequity.com/dd-checklist. Yep. You should be able to see it on the screen right now. Um, and there's other, a lot of more stuff than we yeah, went over today on that three pages list, of stuff you know. on there. So the team kind of helped put that together. Hey, chat, how's it going? I'm chat. about to say bye, too. You hopped on a little late, chat. Come on. We <laughs> thought you were one of our biggest supporters. Um, but we are doing well, chat, so hopefully you're doing the same. All right, all right. Let's call it a wrap. Cool. Then. Well, thanks, everybody. Yeah, all right. Thank all you, guys. Right. We hope you enjoyed today's episode on Disrupt Equities Apartment Investing Podcast. We have some really great episodes coming up, so make sure to subscribe to the podcast. For those interested in passively investing in cash-flowing multifamily properties, visit disruptequity.com invest. Fill out your information there, and you will get notified when we release our next multifamily passive investment offering.